Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast, presented by the Political Action Committee, People for a Better DeSoto County, with your hosts, Chad and Ben. We hope to give you an informative look into local government by having a healthy discussion about city issues, interview a few friends, and have a little fun. Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. I am Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker. And I'm Ward 6 Alderman Ben Piper. Well, we got kind of a special episode today, kind of in between weeks. Kind of, um, We don't really have a lot to cover as far as city business because our meeting is not until next Tuesday, uh, which I guess when this show comes out will be the next day. Yeah, August 1st will be our next board meeting. So we're going to have the candidates for County Board of Supervisors District 5, which is covers... Pretty much all of Fernando. Now it's a little different because Ward Four or District Four came down and gets some of. I guess that would be the western part of Fernando and a little bit of Nesbitt. And District Four is, unop- is unopposed. Yes, I don't think Miss Miss Caldwell has an opponent. So we just are covering District Five, kind of like some of the other races that we've covered. We're bringing in the candidates here, asking them a few questions so that you, the voters, can make an informed decision on the August eighth primary. We tried to get them together as as quickly as possible, so that way you would have you know a week or so to to listen to the podcast and and then go to the polls on August eighth. So August eighth, big Republican primary here in DeSoto County. We're, we'll kind of take it from I guess the top down. There's a lot of uh, yeah, Republican, I guess it's, yeah. Republican well, first, races. yeah. So first, we need to mention that it's just a primary election. So what that means is you're going to have candidates from. Uh, if you pull a Republican primary, you're only be able to vote for Republican candidates, and if you pull a Democratic primary, you're only be able to uh, vote for a Democratic candidate. So in, in our county, it's it's a pretty, I would say, conservative county for the most part, and so most of the contested races are going to be on the Republican side of the ticket. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes. You know, to that point. Uh, some of these folks don't have any opposition on the Republican side. Some of them don't have any opposition at all, Republican or Democrat. So it's it's a little bit of a formality for some of these candidates. Uh, but when we talk about the Republican races that are opposed, uh, do we want to go from the top down? To, we can, we to can go one, top to, down the, the big, or, or biggest or, yeah. biggest biggest job in the state. The governor, Tate Reeves, the incumbent uh, governor, and he has uh, Dr. John Witcher as his opposition in the Republican primary. Dr. Witcher. Dr. Witcher. And then we have, for lieutenant governor, we have... Uh, the that's incumbent. probably the most contested race on the Republican side statewide. Statewide. Yeah. We have Delbert Hoseman, the incumbent. They've been we on have, the program, so I would encourage yeah. listeners to go back and yeah, listen go to back those and listen episodes. To and uh, State Senator Chris McDaniel is running against Mr. Hoseman. And then there's there's one other Republican uh, in that Ashley race. Ashley Logano, I believe, is her yeah. name. Yeah, and there was, there was one that, that pulled out. That was from Mr. Quick, County, Shane, Shane, Shane Quick. Quick. He pulled so so. I don't know if he's on the ballot or not, but he has pulled his name out. So that that would be one that you want to figure out if that was the person you were supporting. But uh, so Hoseman McDaniel Long, Longino Logano, I Magano, yeah, I think she's um, from the coast. And then stepping out here locally, we have a very hotly contested sheriff's race uh, between uh, current District Five Supervisor Michael Lee. And Thomas Tuggle. That's right. And with the uh, District 5 supervisor, we have Robert Foster. We have uh, Jim Robinson. Jack and we Scott. have Jack Scott. Those are the three, and we will have some discussions with them later on here in our show. I'm pulling up the sample ballot. That's what I'm not other, con- other contested races include in Hernando, you have John T. Williams and Doc Harris. That's for District 28. 
to the House of Representatives, correct? Yes, District 28. Uh, Senator State Mike Senate. McClendon doesn't have an opponent. He's unopposed. He's been on the program. Uh, Senator Kevin Blackwell, his opponent is Walter Hopper. Yeah, uh, and I Republican. believe that's District 17. Mm-hmm. There's some more House uh, seat. I know Dan Eubanks is unopposed this time around um, on the Republican ticket for those of y'all that are out uh, that direction. All right, let's go back. I got my sample ballot now. I'm prepared now. Okay, He's ready. Now he's ready to fire So off. on the Republican side, for the governor's race, you have Tate Reeves, John Witcher, David Hardigree. Oh, okay, we missed one there. All right, for the lieutenant governor, you have Delbert Hoseman and Chris McDaniels and Tiffany Longino. Okay. Okay. Michael Watson, Secretary of State, is unopposed. Lynn Fitch for the Attorney General is unopposed. David uh, McRae, uh, State Treasurer, is unopposed. Andy Gipton for Co- Commerce and Agricultural Commissioner is unopposed. Uh, then you have the Commissioner of Insurance. Mike Cheney has a Republican challenger, Mitch Young, for the Northern District Public Service Commissioner, which is, we, we hadn't really talked about that race a lot, Ben, but I think that's going to be a pretty contested race. You have former House uh, member Chris Brown running against Tupelo City. Is he administrator there? Or he works in city he, government at Tupelo. Their, is he their planning director? I he, think he, he works in planning. Yeah, so Tanner Newman. We, and we did try to have them on the show. It just couldn't work it out with Chris Brown's schedule. I guess we wasn't cool He's enough busy. for him. He's busy. Busy guy, um, apparently. John Caldwell, which is a transportation commissioner, is unopposed. The DeSoto County guy. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we mentioned that we forgot about the district attorney's race. We had both of those candidates on, uh, Matthew Barton and Bob Morris. And that will be the district attorney for DeSoto County. That's right, first time. Uh, In Hernando, the state senate, uh, District 1, Mike McClendon, we talked about that. House of Representatives, District 28, is Doc Harris uh, going against... I can't read John that T. Name. John T. Williams. Okay, I, I can't just can't say that name right. Chancery Clerk Misty Hefner is unopposed. They do a great job over there. Circuit Clerk Dale Thompson unopposed. Coroner unopposed. Josh Pounders, County Attorney James or Jim Holland uh, unopposed. Sheriff's race. You already talked about that. Mr. Lee, and Mr. Tuggle, Jeff Fitch is unopposed. He's been on this program. Tax Assessor, Tax Collector Joey Treadway is unopposed. We're going to have the candidates for District 5, Robert Foster, Jim Robinson, and Dak Scott. And I think that may be it, Ben. Oh. All right. In District 5, you have Justice Court Judge uh, Karen Sanders and Constable District 5, Lee Hodge. They're both unopposed. Uh, and that's the Republican primary. Lots of lots of races going on. So, uh, folks, it's really important. Uh, there's over a hundred thousand registered voters in DeSoto County. One hundred twenty-seven thousand. One hundred twenty-seven thousand. Obviously, they're not all Republican, but I can. Uh, I, you would be surprised to see twenty-five thousand people across the county cast votes uh, next Tuesday. So, make sure you get out, exercise your right to vote, and uh, and support your candidates. So. With that well, being I think said, something just real quick that's kind of yeah. frustrating is we may only have a 30% turnout, and that's going to be good, I think. Yeah. So that means three out of 10 people are going to vote. So maybe we can get that up 40, 50%. That'd be great. Well, I mean, it's, it's really just one of those things that people have to make a decision to take 15, 20 minutes to get out there and, and, and vote. I would be, I think I'd be surprised if it was over 30,000 votes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know. People. Uh, I, I went back and looked in 2019, 23,000 people voted in Republican primary. So let's try to get to 30,000. I think that's doable. Yeah, and it's, I think it's also important to note that right now absentee voting is going on Monday through Saturday. I think on Saturday they stop at noon, 
But if you're 65 or older or if you're going to be out of town on Election Day, you can file an affidavit ballot and vote. Yeah, absentee voting will stop on August the 5th, at, I believe, at 12 o'clock yeah. um, on that Saturday. Also, you want to make sure uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know where you're supposed to go vote, you can look that up really easily. You yeah, can that's check what out I just your voter did. registration um, card. That's the one way to do it too, Ben, but you can just go to DeSotoCountyMS.gov and click on the big red election button, put your address in, and it will give you your ballot where you vote, all the information. So I, I want to give Dale Thompson's crew a, a shout-out. They're doing a great job. Uh, all five of the election commissioners are doing good. Imagine this election been prepared. Uh, I think they are using a lot of the digital, I guess you call those election terminals or whatever you vote on mm-hmm. this year. So we should have the results fairly quickly this year. I'm sure there will be a lot of people uh, excited. There will be a lot of people that are disappointed. Um, once the election is uh, is over with, I, sh- I think, you have, you I have think an after most party? people. I'm not having an after party. I'm not. I, that's that's a rumor. What is that? What is that? Chad's playing with the music in here. Well, <laughs> hit they the right, him, hit the wrong one. They showed, him, they showed him some buttons. He's excited about the buttons, folks. This, this, is, the one right. I meant, this is the one I meant to hit here. <laughs> that, that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> he got it right that time. He got it right that time. All right, so... But August August eighth got there. Uh, make your voice heard. Uh, with you know, we don't have a lot of city business to really to really discuss here on this show. So it's kind should of an getting, election election special, budget, I guess. Budget time. We are getting close to budget time. We should have uh, public budget hearings during the month of August per uh, you know state statute, and then we have to have the city budget approved by September the fifteenth. So that will be something that uh, that we'll be following up here. You know, Je- I did speak with Jeff Fitch, and I think we're going to get about a two and a half percent property tax increase uh, on right. reassessment value. So uh, we'll have okay. some additional revenue to uh, maybe put into our streets or the baseball program or animal shelter or whatever. Yeah, yeah and we've kind of talked. You know, I know that we had some budget discussion. You know, with the mayor previously, uh, this city board for the first time, I think, you know, really put a budget schedule. Um, yeah, we on, talked about on that, the yeah. books, and we talked about that some, and put some hard deadlines out there so that one, the aldermen know where, what's coming, but also set an expectation for the department heads and the mayor to to get information out as quickly as possible so that we can make the most informed decision possible for the taxpayers. And so we'll see what those numbers look like, and hopefully we'll be able to share those with you all on the uh, future show. But for this show, Election Day special, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, Republican primary special, we've got the candidates for District 5 supervisor joining us, and they will be our our special guests for this week, and we're going to bring them on now. We've got our special guests that we're bringing in here, uh, Robert Foster, candidate for district five supervisor the republican candidate uh robert thanks so much for for joining us here. Uh, thanks for having me guys absolutely so just uh, you know real real simple a little bit of background on yourself i know a lot of people in hernando know you really well but um you know that there's probably some people who have moved here in the last five or ten years may not may not know you as well so t- tell us a little bit about your background sure i um Went to Hernando High School, uh, graduated in 2001, uh, so did my wife, uh, Heather, and um, we uh, have a family farm south of town in the Love community south of Hernando uh, called Cedar Hill Farm, and um, went to college, uh, Ole Miss, nobody hold that against me. Um, oh, it's Ole Miss podcast. Oh, yeah, no. so there you go. Kinda. There you go. So, uh, came back out of uh, college and wanted to turn our um, family farm agritourism business into a more full-time operation and um, added a lot of things over the years and and of course um, everybody kind of knows it now as the pumpkin patch or the christmas tree farm or you know uh, restaurant we've got a restaurant on thursday friday saturday nights catfish and burgers and um, good 
southern uh you know cooking out there and then um so i've been running that business now for i guess uh that's a lot of years 16 wow 17 years however many years i did i have to do the math but getting old man um (laughs) yeah we've uh we've hit our 26th year anniversary in the business overall and it's just been you know a roller coaster uh of course the last three years have been uh for all businesses been uh trying times uh covid and all that went along with uh inflation and everything else mm-hmm. but we've you know we've survived all of that and just you know taking it taking it day by day like every other small business owner just trying to uh, navigate these pretty uncertain economic times but we have grown that business and we employ you know roughly 100 plus w2 employees every year and an additional 50 or so 50 60 uh seasonal 1099 employees in the fall and so it's turned into quite a large operation but i've got a great team Uh, i've got some good uh, people that can run you know the day-to-day operations i served a term as state representative i ran in 2015 took office in 16 through 20 and served in the mississippi state legislature and um that was a very eye-opening experience for me, and I learned a lot about, obviously, our state government and how to write laws and how to read laws and understand and interpret. I felt like I was in law school for four years. <laughs> so I really understand, you know, how the law and legal system works as far as the writing of the and interpretation of the law anyway, not the courtroom side, obviously. Right. Um, that's a whole different thing. But that uh, led me uh, along that journey to, to run for governor in the um, – 2016 primary republican primary obviously i didn't win i'm still sitting here in hernando talking (laughs) to y'all on this podcast uh but um and running for county supervisor uh that brings me to that i uh had thought about and prayed about running for another office this cycle and um there were some other seats that i you know could have run for but they would have potentially taking me away from home if I were to say I've run for the legislature or something like that again mm-hmm. and my children are just at a different point in their life uh, my and you know things change you go through yep. seasons and my kids aren't little anymore um, my daughter's uh, going into the 10th grade at Hernando and my son's mm-hmm. seventh grade and they're both playing you know school sports and I really just wanted to be at home with them these these next you know few years and watch them play those school sports and be a part of their last few years at home. And sure. so this position uh, became open. It's an open seat. Um, not that I wouldn't necessarily challenge an incumbent if I felt it was the right position for me, but those that follow politics closely understand that when you do challenge an incumbent, it's much, much more difficult sure. um, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it's already a difficult process. Anybody that's ever run an election, and y'all both have, y'all understand it's a difficult process to begin with. Mm-hmm. And when you run against an incumbent, it makes it even more difficult. Um, but this was an open seat and I just felt led that it was the right one for me at the right time. I get to be at home. I can still run my business uh, and navigate, you know, family life, balance that with business and, you know, helping my community and give back um, with some of the knowledge I, I gained in the state legislature. Hopefully that will help come into and the relationships I've built in the state legislature can hopefully help our community, help Hernando and District 5 and the county as a whole. That's really kind of where I see me having, you know, maybe something different to bring to the table for this supervisor seat is that I do have a lot of really good relationships with the people in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the people that are going to be making appropriations decisions and decisions that we're going to have to partner with them on some of these big projects sure. that we need done in DeSoto County. And I know how that process works. Mm -hmm. I know when and where to go speak to the right people at the right time to try and help, you know, with that from a county perspective as far as lobbying them, I guess is the word mm -hmm. to use um, for, for our county, for our area. Um, hopefully working, you know, in conjunction with our city officials, our mm -hmm. other county cities, um, and our new state legislature, uh, whoever they all end up happen to be. Sure. And the supervisor role is is a, a difficult role. There's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of responsibility with it. Uh, there's a lot of employees that, uh, that that you're responsible for. There are a lot of departments you know you're responsible for. Uh, like you mentioned, you have background in and running a business and uh and being a being an employer and dealing with employees uh you also have legislative experience uh, with the state of mississippi so with those things in mind what are what are your priorities if elected for the next four years in this in this supervisor role well one that i think is really a simple thing that i think i've proposed that we do on the county level and i think y'all have already done this on the citywide level is i want to put our county board meetings online for the public to be able to watch live but also even more important than that, to be able to go back and watch at any time. Sure. Um, because it's just important for the people to be able to have access to that meeting. It's a very important meeting that happens every other Monday. Um, a lot of important decisions are made, um, debates are had. People should have a right to be able to go back and listen to those meetings. Um, so that's one thing I'm proposing to do um, is to try and help encourage our board to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other things that I think are kind of the bigger picture items are we are growing very fast in this county. And even what we call our quote unquote rural areas are not as rural as they used to be. They're really mm -hmm. developing with subdivisions and houses popping up everywhere. So one thing I think we've got to prioritize on a countywide level is to get some full-time firefighters and EMTs and even ambulances over the coming years into those rural, what are now volunteer mm. fire stations. There's eight, I believe, in the county because they are having to draw from the city services on a lot of the calls and, and all the ambulance calls, you know. Right. And that's a huge drain on resources from those fire stations that have the ambulances now and there's not enough in my opinion for the size of our county um, when you speak to the people in these um in, in these professions in our area the call volume is really high the wait time for an ambulance in an emergency can be too long and it's not their fault there's just not enough of them and so i know it's expensive but it needs to be something that we try and work into our future planning and our budgeting for the county going mm -hmm. forward. And it will help the cities as well when we do that. Yeah, I think that's tremendously important, especially like Love. They, they need an ambulance there. Uh, at, the, at the jail, I think Love is actually the first responder to the, to the jail. So sometimes when we call for an ambulance there, the ambulance is coming from your door because mm -hmm. the, other two, the two Hernando ambulances and, and Love doesn't have one. Or is, is out of, so that's, that's a huge issue for us. So. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That, that. that that makes a lot of sense. Transparency and public safety. It sounds like those are fair to say. Those are the two of the priorities there to kind yeah. of some. some and, and then up. the third, and I'll quickly just touch on this one. It's a lot, oh, yeah. lot less complicated. Is managing our growth, and mm -hmm. you can't stop the growth. And there's people out there that would love to see that happen, and right. I understand. But you can't. You it. can't stop the county from growing. And and people that live in the rural parts of the county. 
don't like to see all the growth around them. I grew up in the rural part of the county, and it's not as rural as it used to yeah, be. So right. I can understand their concern with all the traffic and all the construction. We can't stop it, but we do need to manage it properly and make sure that we have the right type of developments and the right type of commercial, industrial, and residential going into the appropriate areas of our county for long-term growth. And out, you know, those things need to be well thought out. They need to be planned on a countywide level. And I'm not saying that they're not doing a decent job of that now. They, they mm -hmm. seem to be doing a, a decent job of that now on the Board of Supervisors. I would want to make sure I, I say that. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that for the next 20 years, we're looking ahead still and keeping all those thoughts and considerations in on the long-term planning of growth. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people, I swear I see a post every month or so, every week or so, and somebody's like, I'm looking for three to five acres in DeSoto County to build a house. And it's Good like, you, you and 20,000 yes. there's not enough three to five acre parcels to go around for everybody. But I get it. Everybody wants to have a space to, you know, enjoy and, and a space for their family. And it makes sense that you're trying to, you know, kind of not necessarily stop that, but just kind of strategically grow. And I think that you know, that's that's really what people want to see is to, to grow in a smart way. So when you're not, do you have any spare time? I mean, my gosh, as much <laughs> as you work, I usually we ask people like, "What do you like to do in your spare time?" But I don't know that you ever really get any. I don't. I don't have hobbies. Um, <laughs> okay. I have uh, have two children uh, that are in sports, and I have right. uh, a business, and um, I've been in public service uh, for years, and. I manage my time. I manage sure. it well. I think that's a big part of, you know, being successful in life is learning just how to manage your time appropriately and that's how right. to delegate certain responsibilities to very capable people. And that's one thing that I feel like I've always been pretty good at is reading people, understanding people, judging people's abilities and putting them in the right positions to be successful and allowing themselves to do what they do best and help everybody else in the team, you know? And so it's just always about trying to find the right place for people to, where they're able to thrive, um, where they're happy. That's one thing I feel like I've always been pretty decent at doing. You know, one thing we, I guess we should talk about is the county budget. I think it's, um, I think it's a big deal that they haven't raised taxes in what are 15 or 16, 17 years. What well, you want to talk about that a little bit and what you think, you know, are you going to maintain that, that kind of pledge they have not to raise taxes and things like that? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I've always been a fiscal conservative. Sure. Uh, I was in the legislature. Um, uh, as a business owner, I have to be a fiscal conservative. Um, raising taxes <laughs> has got to be always the last resort, in sure. my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. You have to look at all other options first and sure. that's just the approach that i've always taken to it that we have to look at all other ways to either find ways to adjust our budget move things around reprioritize cut waste do all those things first before you ever go back to the taxpayers and ask them to dig deeper into their pockets that's that is my mentality and always has been all right so the republican primary coming up august the 8th uh, I, I know we're going to have your uh, opponents on as well, and they'll have their their chance to to, to make their uh, make their statements as well. But when people head into the polling booth, they go they go to cast their vote, and they're looking at those three names on there. What's the most important thing you want them to remember about you before they cast their vote? I've always put God first in everything I do. And I think that's something important for me to say because to me it is the most important thing. Um, I'm going to put God first in all of my decision making, especially big decisions. And the second thing is that I'm always going to be 
transparent and honest with people. And one thing that people know about me that know me from the four years I served in the legislature and the time I ran for governor and everything else is that I'm pretty brutally honest about my opinion about things. I mm -hmm. tell people where I stand on issues and why I have that position. And I'm fully, I guess the word would be, I'm open at all times to debate about those things and to hear other input from other perspectives but i'm not going to tell people one thing on one side of an issue and another thing on another side of an issue mm -hmm. just to try to make them happy and then go in you know obviously when you go to make that final vote you've obviously told both people what they wanted to hear but you're only going to be able to vote one way and i think that's one thing about me that they're going to find is that they may not always like the answer but it's going to be pretty upfront and honest with them yeah. about why i'm you know voting a certain way Straight shooter. I like Straight that. Shooter. And I'll say that uh, I'll get, I'll get, I will say this about Robert. When I have, he's one of the very few people I know that's been involved in politics that uh, when I've had to call him about something, whether it was work related, politics related, whatever, he almost always answers the phone 99% of the time. Sometimes it sounds like there's like a saw buzzing in the background, <laughs> a tractor he's, running, he's tra but he yeah. still answers the phone. So he's, yeah. he's definitely somebody that, uh, that's, that's a straight shooter and, and, sure. and, and uh, will answer the call when you, uh, when he's got something going on, uh, regardless of that. So Chad, anything else for Mr. Foster? I think that's it. All right. Excellent. We certainly appreciate you, uh, joining us here, folks. It was Robert Foster, candidate, Republican candidate. You have for... a website or anything you want to put out there? Or... Yeah, we've got a, we've got a website, uh, Foster 2023. Um, y'all can check that out. I know yeah. that he, I'm, I'm sure if there's a way you can submit a question or whatever, yeah. he, he'll, he'll answer it. Yeah, we've know. got that's social media too. You should find us on Facebook or. Well, you have anything? We missed anything? Anything else you want to put out? No, I feel uh, feel like we covered a good bit. And you ready for it to be over with? I'm <laughs> like everybody else, absolutely <laughs> ready for it to be over. This this election cycle has yeah. been one of the most brutal election cycles. It's definitely the most brutal I've ever been a part of, and not and not in our campaign. Our campaign, on thankfully, our yeah, y'all uh, seem like y'all get along. Yeah, get we've along all well. we've all been uh, focused on what we can bring to the table, not you know going after each other. But yeah. this this yeah. campaign, this election cycle in general. Has just been, uh, it's been pretty brutal. This is this is our this is our uh, this is our positive show. We haven't had to talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had to talk about any uh, any of the yeah. other stuff we've had with some of these other candidates. But it's been good. It's been good yeah. to have you in, and uh, we appreciate you appreciate you joining us, giving us some time. Thank y'all. All right, so we're bringing on our next District Five Supervisor Republican candidate, uh, Jack Scott. Uh, you may see the signs around town that say Back Jack. Uh, you may see those as you're riding around. Uh, Mr. Scott, appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. I'm glad. I appreciate you guys doing this. Yeah, absolutely. We, we enjoy doing it. It's been, it's been fun kind of learning the whole podcasting yeah, yeah, world. Yeah. This is kind of winding down our election coverage. I think you're the last, I guess, last one we'll have. Um, so Last uh, but not least. Well, no, we've, we've had uh, lieutenant governor candidates. We've had uh, State district, auditor, attorney, district attorney candidates and now District yeah. 5 uh, candidates. But anyway, t t tell us a little about yourself, Jack. What do you, what do you, why, why, you, why did you <laughs> decide to do this crazy thing and run for uh, supervisor? Uh, well, I always start off, first and foremost, I'm a Christian. Yes, sir. It's more important for me to get to the heaven than it is to get over there to the administration building. Yes, sir. Uh, the reason I'm running is I retired from Yellow Freight about four years, no, about 12 years ago and went to work for the county. And I got that sense of service. That might sound cliche or whatever, but instead of trying to make a stockholder money, I got the sense mm -hmm. of helping my neighbors. I mean, I actually worked in my neighborhood for a while in my county. 
Cool. And I, I still do that. I help people. I helped a girl found a septic tank today. I mean, it's not glamorous, but it's helped her. So I, I just want to help people. Yeah, I really well, do. We had uh, Mark Gardner on, I think, mm-hmm. well, first or second episode. He was kind of going over exactly what a county supervisor does. It's kind of unique because you have a lot of executive uh, I guess the executive part of government, along with the legislative part of government. So, what what are some of the things you want to accomplish when uh, when you get if if you get elected? Uh, if I get elected, I want to uh, just like you guys uh, webcast your board meetings. I'd like to see our board meetings webcast. I watch. I go back and watch the Hernando meetings because mm-hmm. it's part of this district. And ever since I've came out as a candidate, I watch your meetings. And the uh, I've been to some board meetings. I've been to every minute of every board meeting held this year. You're talking uh, about the county supervisor. The county, county wow. board meetings. Every minute. <laughs> Those are long meetings. Long meetings. They're very long. And I went to over 80% of the meetings last year. But the, uh, it's been a number of times when somebody in the board or the attorney or somebody in that room will say, well, that's not what we said. Well, this is what the minutes said, but that's not what we said. Well, you approved the minutes. Let's go back and see what we said. So, you know, that would be great. Plus, the, uh, those meetings are in the daytime. It's hard for somebody, they'd have to take off work, stay up there, who knows how long to see what, what's going on, if it's maybe a zoning thing in their neighborhood, and they would be able to, uh, you know, they could be able to watch it or go back when they got off work, Yeah. or else call Jack, because that's what everybody does. <laughs> I know Jack was there, we'll call him, how'd they vote on that? Well, that, that's something they started right before we took office, and we've expanded that to our planning commission as well, and I think it's very beneficial to go back and be able to, to, to look at those meetings and be able to, you know, like you said, if you miss something or, you know, we're about to work on our budget so people can watch those meetings the next day and so forth. So the I only problem I see with the webcast is if you did it like you guys do it, YouTube has a limit, a time limit, and a lot of those mm-hmm. meetings, you may have to do it in two parts or something. Yeah. I, th- I think technology's there. You just got to figure it out. Right. Sure. There, there's a way to do it. And it would be a, it would be a, an expense, but I think it would be worth it. I know Hines County, they're, uh, <laughs> they've had some combative meetings in the past. And I, and I went back and watched all theirs archived on their website. So it's certainly possible. Yeah, they got some WWE yeah, elements they, going on. I think the sheriff <laughs> had to threaten to arrest a couple of the supervisors before down it's, there. It's, it's been dramatic in that boardroom over there, but I've not seen hands-on no, anybody. Yeah, no. yeah. We're fortunate in that regard. So, you, you got some background in the private sector. You have background in the in the public sector as well, like you mentioned. So, what what are your priorities uh, over the next four years? If you could kind of lay out a few of those, I don't think they're doing anything wrong at sure. the time. I, I don't see any huge changes. One of the things that the people in the fifth district, I've knocked on a whole lot of doors, and the people over in the Cochrane area that have to commute up three hundred five. You know, you hear about fifty five needs to be widened, and maybe a little bit about fifty one. Well, I went over there twice, drove to Cochrane during rush hour, during school, when that school over there was in session, and drove to Olive Branch. And it took between 35 and 40 minutes to make about a 10-minute mm-hmm. drive. And if somebody wanted to give me a house down there south of Cochrane and they told me I had to drive that every day, I wouldn't take it. I mean, yeah. it's that bad over there. We have some inf- infrastructure Jeez. issues, yeah. you know, besides I-55. I'd like to see, you know, we could form. They're already doing this. Like I said, I'm not jumping in here wanting to make a bunch of huge changes but they need to uh you know just form strong partnerships with the state and the federal government to try to get some of these things you know show them that we need it come look you know well you probably know there's a we do we do that blue ribbon trip every year and right. i think i think we've been successful in the past and, and ben and i actually had the opportunity to go last uh last may and um, we, we learned that uh cindy hyde smith center cindy hyde smith is now uh, appropriations chairman for one, uh, sub, one of the subcommittees, I believe, in that right, Ben? And so 
she she may be able to help us with some funding. You know, obviously the biggest project for us, Hernando, looking at, is the 55 interchange. But you're right, there's also we need some more, I guess, east-west corridors. And I think they're I'm, I'm not 100 percent familiar, but I know there's different plans with I think Star Landing Road and some other roads. To, right. I think we're looking at cutting commerce all the way through Jaybird. That should help there with some of the Holly Springs issues. So. Uh, but I do think infrastructure with our growing populations is always a huge issue. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you, you say that's going to be one of your uh, points. So. It would be a priority, I promise. And I, and I think, is it two of the current supervisors aren't opposed? And then, so it's a good, yes. it's a good chance a lot of those guys will be coming back uh, who's currently sitting on the board now. So I think it'll be pretty close. Yeah. Just who knows what the voters are going to do. Well, before you jumped into all that, I know campaigning is just about a full-time job when you're trying to get to as many houses as you have to get to. But when you had spare time, what did, what do you like to do in your spare time? I I've, guess I know we always ask people that. I've had a passion for horses since I was a little boy, and I, it's still mm -hmm. I still we have five we have four adult horses and one little filly that was born this year. I still ride. I don't ride as much during this campaign, but I still ride and I still compete. That would definitely be a way to get people's attention going door to door. If you showed up on a horse, that might be like a. Good is that legal? Can you ride a horse on the, on the roads? Is that is that legal? That is. That's what you got to do. Campaign on a horseback. That that that'll get a name out there. Somebody asked me yesterday, was I? Are you going to play in the golf tournament? I said, No, I'm going to ride old Wayland down that fairway. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We like to hear that. So it sounds like inf infrastructure is a big part of what you mentioned. I think that's something that uh, will resonate with a lot of people in DeSoto County. I think everybody has to deal with traffic issues. A lot of them are north-south corridors that people are, are talking about because they have to get up. If they live in the southern part of the county, where, where a lot of District 5 is, they may live down here, but their job is in... In, in other areas so they have to use some kind of north-south corridor expanding those to kind of make it make more sense you know in addition to the the truck traffic that comes with the economic development in DeSoto County but so we talked county budget I think a little bit with some of the other candidates we certainly want to give you a yeah, chance so to it's kind of fiscal issues I think it's, it's a it's a very I think the the current board of supervisors takes pride in the fact they have not raised taxes I think since 2004 or 5 or something like that 19 years 19 years so uh, talk talk about that what you think your position is and 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 you know well, I don't see any uh I talked to Jeff Fitch recently and uh you know just his collections alone have increased nine percent sure he was expecting five or six it shocked him there's no need that I can see in the future to increase taxes. Of course, we got the inflation. The, all the budgets are going to go up. I hope they don't go up the whole 9%. But, you know, the sheriff needs what he needs. Whoever gets elected as sheriff, we got to be safe. I was in Nashville when they had the private school deal. Yeah. And I stopped at a convenient. There was a cloud over the whole town of Nashville that day. I just happened to be there. I wasn't nowhere. I wasn't anywhere clear, close to where the shooting happened. Yes. But uh, the whole whole town, and I never want to see DeSoto County on the national news ever. Well, I think the school. You know, just talking about the, the sheriff's department budget. I think we, we've continued to grow, and it seems like the, the county supervisors have been always open to our budget requests and you know, sometimes it gets a heated debate but i think we typically get uh what we ask for at least it seems that way and and um so and we have a great relationship with them and so uh, hopefully if, if you are elected we will continue to do that so but don't forget about the jail now don't forget about, you know we always need a little extra money too now let me touch on one thing since you mentioned the jail uh when i worked for the county i was with the road department and we interacted i interacted a whole lot with the state the nrcs which is soil conservation but the sheriff's department the ems people and since i've retired and decided to run for office any department of this county i didn't know about i've toured i've toured the lander center i've been in the bowels of the lander center i've been i've been in the jail i've been in the uh, 
justice court complex. Yes. In, in the, both of the career tech schools, I see people talking about, you know, we need career tech schools. They may need to be bigger, but, I mean, I think they do a wonderful job. I toured both of them. We have a great school district. We've had Corey Usselton on a previous episode. And, I heard uh, it. You know, you know what, what I always say is, is our, our community grows because we have great schools, low taxes, and safe neighborhoods. And I think those three factors are, you know, something that I always will support. And I don't know how That's why everybody wants to move here. That's right. One other thing I learned knocking doors is <laughs> everybody wants to be the last person to move to DeSoto County. They don't want anybody else. They want to be the last one. And, and it's not going to be like that. And they know that. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that's a challenge we always, especially in Hernando, trying to keep that small town feel. And uh, District 5 probably a lot, a lot of, is most of Hernando. Um, and so we were always trying to keep that small town feel. I'm at that farmer's market every Saturday morning. Isn't that great farmer's market? There is a charm there that you cannot, there's no way to create that. It's just there. And there's people from all over Mississippi, people from Collierville, because I, I ask them, where do you live? <laughs> Can you vote for me? Well, there's people from <laughs> Oak, Oakland, Oakland, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. People come from Arkansas. There was people here mm-hmm. from Arkansas. Well, the, vendors, the vendors are from all over as well. The people vendors are as well. That. Yes, they are too. But, uh, and it's just an amazing thing. And, you know, even after this campaign's over, I feel like I'm part of that farmer's market. Now, Gia Matheny does a and wonderful job. She does job, a great job. And I really do. I, I'll, I'll keep going. So we always ask this question when we're, we're talking to candidates. August 8th, Republican primary is coming up. People are going to be headed to their polling locations. They're going to have to stand in that booth and bubble in a name. And when they get to, when they get to y'all's race, what is the most important thing you want them to know about Jack Scott before they cast their vote? I don't believe there's a, anybody that's worked harder in any campaign, local campaign in this election. And I'll continue to work hard. I'm retired. I have time to do this. I'm going to be a full-time supervisor. I get up every day and go campaign. Except for I'm campaigning like six and a half days a week. I'll probably be a five-day-a-week supervisor. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'll be available and I'll be accessible. And I, I just love this county and I love the people that I've met campaigning. I, that's what I'm bad at. I take too long. I go to these people's houses. These old people tell me stories. I go in there and sit down. Next thing I know, an hour's gone by. Sure. I've been there. I've definitely been there in campaign. Well, and I've, I've, I've gone in and had a glass of tea with somebody. And next thing I know, I've been there for an hour and a half. We're, and I'm like, being, I gotta we're, go. we're fortunate. You know, when you when in this municipal yeah, elections, right. the city elections, our, our election cycle is usually from, you know, January, February to April. So it's not nearly as high as it is all summer. So I've been doing this on doors. So it's not too bad. This past March, I've been campaigning for a year. Wow. So March, April, May, June, whatever. I met your lovely wife. You want to mention her? She she seems super Rhonda, nice. Rhonda, before I decided to do this. You better, say, you better mention her. I, got, I get in trouble if I don't talk about my well, wife. My wife, Shelby. Have, you know, have. When, uh, when Michael Lee announced he was going to vacate that 5th District supervisor job, and he's, you know, I liked him. He was a good supervisor. And Rhonda told me, she said, now's your chance. You work for the county and all these things. And nothing huge that needs to be improved, but all these little things that you talk about and all these people that you're helping anyway, you know, go to work and help them. And she's my number one supporter. And once she got on board, then I just started calling people and determining if I had enough support to do this. And so far, it's worked out. There you go. Well, is there anything you want to mention we didn't ask you about? Um, well, uh, you got a website th- or anything like one that? One thing, I, we have a Elect Jack Scott Facebook page, DeSoto County Supervisor, and you can follow that. But one thing that we didn't talk about that's close to my heart is uh, I'm on a committee, I'm a founder really the second person on the committee is St. Jude that we started in 2005. 
It's uh, Western Sports and Rural Lifestyles. Okay. And what it did, it tapped into a group of people that St. Jude didn't even know existed. And it cost a whole lot of money. If you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything about St. Jude, but it's very expensive, and nobody pays anything if your child goes to St. Jude. It's all, right, it's that's all right. taken care of. Well, and, ben, ben has pledged to do the St. Jude Marathon this year with me. So he's going to do it for you I did. Huh? Yeah. Now, we don't, we've done about $3.5 million in fundraising that we have done ourselves. But the number of crunchers at St. Jude said that we've – they – attribute about $400,000 a year in the awareness that we spread sure. and schedule donations, people, you know, out of their paychecks and stuff. I don't think there's a better organization than St. Jude. I don't either. The, the and mission they do up there and the and way they they're able so to raise classy. Yes. They are so classy in the way they fundraise. They're not going to – they're just very, a very classy organization. And I do have one more thing that's really sure. important Take to me. Take your time. This is your, this is your interview. Well, we're in, in an election, <laughs> a big election, highly contested, I hate to see any mudslinging our race so far, and I think it'll stay clean. But there's people in this county. I know mothers and daughters. I know lifelong friends that started kindergarten together that are in their 50s now that have gotten crossways over some of the races in this election. My Bible says love your neighbor. It don't say, you know, just love the neighbor with the same yard sign in it. That's right. It says love your neighbor. And let's don't let this thing divide this county. You know, let's, after it's over with, let's all go back to, to being buddies. That's the way it's supposed to be, and that's all. We definitely all have to be neighbors when it's uh, when it's said and done. I think you're right. We and we mentioned that earlier on the show that you know this has been a very positive campaign, and I've been fortunate enough to have two two very positive campaigns with that were that were yeah, contested. Yeah, but that's right. you know, ne- things never went you know never went down that road. Well, but, I think I think at the the top of and I, I, we've had both of them on the podcast, but the lieutenant governor's race has got extremely. Uh, nasty recently with some of the ads on both sides and, and unfortunately I think that turns people away Jack you don't know but we were talking earlier in the first part of the show about uh, getting voter turnout up and encouraging people to vote and and I think we're hoping maybe a 30 percent turnout will be good that, that's that's just a shame to me and I think a lot of that is because of the negative campaign and people just just turn it off you know every, every day you get a, a piece of mail in your mailbox negative about someone and that's just unfortunate and there's a lot of uh People, I'm talking about people your guys' age. They don't understand the difference between an alderman and a supervisor. But they go vote. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we, we kind of started the show. We need to, to educate. To, yes. to try to educate, and we've had you know just about every position that we can think of in, in local government on the show to talk about the various roles they do. We, we had Jeff Fitt. A lot of people didn't realize you know what he does, a tax assessor and things like that. So I am so proud of Jeff Fitch's office. You know, they audited them, and they got a 100, which is unheard of. Yeah. And and he people don't realize the the you know what he does to keep your property taxes down. I mean he 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 could he could really hammer people if he wanted to. So. It's all on him, and we have got our property taxes are what they're cheaper than any of our bordering counties. He 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 mentioned that on the episode. and look at all the amenities yeah. we have. Well, Jack, I guess we'll end it there. Uh, do you have anything else? You got no, you, you, no, have, I, you have Facebook page. Uh, yeah, we got elect Jack Scott, DeSoto County uh-huh. Five Supervisor, and just follow that. Ben, you got anything else? I think that's it. So, uh, Mr. Scott, we appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, so the folks that want to back Jack, uh, August 8th, Republican primary is coming up. And uh, we, we, that's our that's the candidates that we were able to, to, yeah, to Jim, get on. Jim, Jim Robinson was not able to, to, to uh, 
be on the show because I think his mother or something is is uh, he had to go see his yep. about his mother. So we we will try to have him on maybe on, on on our next episode or something like that. Yeah, we'll try. We'll we will try to get him on. We're trying to trying to get the schedules worked out, but everybody wasn't was invited. And uh, so we have Robert Foster and Jack Scott on here. We're trying to get Jim Robinson. Uh, so we appreciate everybody's uh, everybody's time today, and we appreciate them giving us their thoughts. Again, Republican primary August eighth. Figure out your polling spot if you don't know it already. Uh, you go to uh, the website there, Chad. Was Desoto? What was it? If you go to www.desotocountyms.gov, there's a big red button there. It says election. Can't you miss click, it. You click that button and, it, and you put in your address, and it tell you it'll give you an opportunity to look at Democrat and Republican primary ballot. Also, tell you where you vote, and you know for all the offices. So. There you go, folks. Well, we appreciate y'all listening. As always, this has been the Boardroom Podcast with Ben Piper and Chad Wicker. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for an episode of the Boardroom Podcast, presented by People for a Better DeSoto County. I hope we were able to inform you and give you some additional insight on how your local government works. Stay engaged. Local government is the closest to the people.